dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. We love scary old-time radio stories, and there's nothing quite like a disembodied voice telling a genuinely disturbing tale. But do these stories stand the test of time, or are we being deceived by nostalgia? Are they suspenseful or forgettable, bone-chilling or butt-numbing? That's what we're here to find out. For tonight's story, I've chosen a New Year's-themed episode of The Shadow entitled The Man Who Murdered Time. The Shadow debuted on the Mutual Broadcasting System September 26, 1937, starring Orson Welles as The Shadow and Agnes Moorhead as Margot Lane. Over the next 17 years, The Shadow would dominate the airwaves, fighting mobsters, escaped convicts, mad scientists, corrupt politicians, and even an aggressive gorilla named Big Boy. But that's a story for another time. In 1938, Orson Welles left The Shadow to produce and star in The Mercury theater on the air. Wells' time as the shadow was soon overshadowed by another radio production you might have heard of called The War of the Worlds. But that's also a story for another time. Wells was replaced by Bill Johnstone, who appeared in several roles opposite Wells during The Shadow's first season, including the very first Shadow story, The Death House Rescue, where Johnstone played the role of an innocent man on his way to die in the electric chair. Johnstone played The Shadow for five years before passing the role to Brett Morrison. Johnstone would go on to be a regular actor in shows like American Cavalcade, Suspense, Dragnet, and briefly voice another of radio's mystery men, the Whistler. But for many, Johnstone will always be the shadow. According to shadow scholar Anthony Tolan, Johnstone brought a mature sophistication to the role of Lamont Cranston, and a strength and authority as the shadow that soon eclipsed the mercurial performance of his predecessor, Orson Welles. During Bill Johnstone's tenure, the shadow broadcast grew into a national institution. So now, we invite you to listen to one of the shadow's rare forays into the realm of science fiction. Originally broadcast January 1st, 1938, the man who murdered time. Forget the petty distractions around you. Forget what you think you know. Forget everything but what you hear right now. It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music. And listen to the voices. Shadow's latest adventure to begin, I'd like to ask every motorist to do this. Take a ride on the new Goodrich Safety Silvertown tire. See for yourself how it grips wet, slippery roads like you never felt a tire grip before. 
That's because the amazing Silvertown Lifesaver tread acts like a battery of windshield wipers. Sweeps wet roads so dry you can light a match on its track. For the quickest non-skid stops you've ever had, equip your car with Goodrich Silvertown tires. The shadow, mysterious character who aids those in distress and helps the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the unseen voice belongs. The only one who knows the true identity of that master of other people's minds, the shadow. Today's story, The Man Who Murdered Time. Yes, sir? Mr. Cranston, on behalf of all the employees of the club, I wish to thank you for your generous New Year's gift to the personnel. That's quite all right, Stuart. Happy New Year. The same to you, sir. And may I thank you, too, Mr. Hughes, for your gift. You're very welcome, Stuart. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, too. I wish I could have made it more, Cranston, but it hasn't been a terribly good year. Me? I'm sorry to hear it, Hughes. Oh, by the way, how is Mrs. Hughes feeling these days? Poorly. Well, the doctors at the sanitarium say she may pull out of it next year. That's why I'm looking forward to the New Year so eagerly. Well, Hughes, if uh, there's anything I can do in the way of financial assistance... Thanks, old man, but it won't be necessary. I expect to be out of debt very shortly. Business improving? No, a trust fund is coming due in two weeks. Inheritance from my Uncle Matthew, you know. Well, I'm delighted to hear it, you, sir. Well, only eight hours to a brand new year and new hope for all of us. Amen to that. Hey, you're coming to my New Year's Eve party tonight, aren't oh, you? Oh, I meant to tell you, Cranston. Now, I'll be late. I got a call this morning from a second cousin of mine. He wants me to come to see him this evening. Brilliant scientist, but I suspect he's losing his mind. Oh? <laughs> know what he claims to have invented? A time machine. A time machine? Yes. It's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> Come, Hughes. Is anything really fantastic in the modern world of science? Thirty years ago, the notion that a human voice could circle the Earth without the aid of wires would have been called not only fantastic, but impossible. Radio, electric light, airplanes, all were called fantastic in their time, but today they're accepted facts. Why not the time machine? Well, I'm from Missouri. Anyway, I'm really going to see my cousin, not because of his alleged invention, but, well, because he's dying. Well, that's too bad. Yes, the poor chap's got an incurable heart condition. It's, uh, he told me his doctors don't give him more than a few days to live. Well, I've got to be off. And see you tonight, then, Hughes. Only a miracle will keep me away, Cranston. A miracle like, like the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> You better now? Yes. Yes, better use. Perhaps you'd better get into bed, Willard. <sighs> Frankly, I, I didn't expect to find you up and about, dressed to kill. Dressed to kill. Very good. Such an apt phrase. Well, why not? This is probably the last day of my life. Well, I'm sure it's not as bad as all that, Willard. If you take care of yourself... Come, come, use. I'll never see the new year. That's what you're really thinking. Know what I've done today? What, Willard? The things I've wanted to do all my life. Packed them all into this one long, glorious day. I've smoked two-dollar cigars, eaten the finest foods, bought thousands of dollars worth of completely useless things just for the fun of indulging myself. Well, I thought that... <laughs> that I'm broke? I am. Then how did you... Borrowed, dear cousin. Spent other people's money, incurred enormous debts. <laughs> Payable next year. 
next year, which will never come. I'm sorry, Willard. Now, what are you sorry about? I'm not. Matter of fact, I've just begun to celebrate. And you must join me, Hughes. Absolutely insist. I bought a marvelous sherry today, a rare vintage. You rang, sir? Uh, you needn't bother. The sherry, John. Yes, sir. I have it here, sir. Fine, fine. Put it on the table. Shall I pour, sir? No, I'll do it myself. That's all, John. Very good. Hey, you are, Hughes. Drink hearty. Thank you. How do you like it? Nectar. Ambrosia, huh? It has a peculiar flavor, hasn't it? Oh, it'll grow on you. Finish it, Hughes. Drink to my last day on earth. Oh, no, no, Willard. Not to that. To my last day on earth. And yours, my dear cousin. To my last day? Hughes, I told you that today I meant to satisfy every ambition I ever had. Well, I've left for the last my greatest ambition of all. To kill you. To kill me? What? Well, you're joking. Think so, Hughes? But Why? What have I ever done to you? What haven't you done to me? You've been a bone in my throat ever since we were boys together. I believe you're, you're really serious. If it hadn't been for you, I'd have been Uncle Matthew's fair-haired boy, his favorite, his pet. He would have raised me in luxury instead of you. You quarreled with him. You were he a... would lady. have left me his money, not you, you Judas. You had everything while I starved, scraped, suffered. I brooded over that, my fine cousin, a whole lifetime. And now, this wonderful day, this last day of the year, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you not once, but a thousand times. You see that machine in the corner? I see, Willard. Calm down. That's my time machine. Your, your time machine, yes, yes. I remember your face. You know what this machine can do. It can prevent the future from happening. <laughs> the future from happening? Oh, now, now, look, Willard, look. Let me call your physician. Don't be a me... fool. I'm as sane as you are. That's a scientific machine, not a madman's toy. Do you know how it works? Of course not. I'll explain it in simple terms. Use... What is time? Why, time is... Time, time is... is like a railroad track. A straight railroad track used, and the world is a train running along that track. On the track behind us lies yesterday, December 30th. The day we're traveling along that section of track we call December 31st. And at midnight tonight, the train, you, I, the whole universe, is scheduled to plunge straight ahead into January 1st of the new year. You follow me so far, you? Yes, what is this to do with your so-called time machine? Just this. By using a revolutionary principle of physics, my own discovery, my machine bends the straight track of time, curves it, curves it, so that the time track forms a perfect circle. <laughs> you fool, it's a scientific fact. I've done it. You're mad, I say, mad. Listen to me, Hughes. At midnight tonight, when I turn on the switch, time will instantly be curved back on itself so that instead of continuing into January 1st, We'll go back 24 hours. We'll live December 31st over again and again and again like a phonograph needle caught in a groove. Do <laughs> you believe that this day will never end? That you can make December 31st repeat itself forever? <laughs> laugh, you fool. <laughs> you won't laugh long. Today I've been especially careful to make it the fullest, happiest day of my life because I'm going to live this wonderful day forever. I'll catch time in that groove and hold it there. The future will never come. I'll never have to pay my debts. Despite my bad heart, I'll never die. I'll have to be as insane as you to believe that. Would you like a demonstration? Playing the part out to the end, are you? Well, go ahead. Demonstrate. That's the proper scientific spirit, Hughes. 
I'll set the machine to affect merely this house and ourselves. What incident of the last half hour do you want me to make repeat itself? Choose. Oh, the butler and the sheriff. John and the sherry, eh? Very good. And I want you to bear in mind that just as time will be repeated here in this room for the next few moments, so can I repeat time throughout the whole world, not once, but again and again. Now, let me adjust my machine. There. Now to close the circuit. Really, Willard. Uh, John. Yes, sir. I have it here, sir. Fine, fine. Put it on the table. Did I force it? No, I'll do it myself. That's all, John. Very good. There. The automatic circuit cut us off, and we're back in ordinary time again. Convinced you? It can't be. It's impossible. It's a trick, a dream, a nightmare. <laughs> You'll be saying that for all eternity. I'm getting out of here. Are you, cousin? Try it if you can. <laughs> I can't. I'm paralyzed. I, I can't get out of this chair. You feel pain now, don't you, you? Yes. Yes, horrible pain. You shouldn't have drunk the sherry, Hughes. Your glass contained a slow poison, you see. No. No, help. Help. There's an antidote on the table. You see that little green bottle here is just beyond the reach of your fingers? Isn't it ironic? If you could only move your arm five inches. Try. Oh, you can't. Dear me, how very, very sad. All you can do is look at the antidote while you die in agony. Please, please, will it help me? Help me! I don't want to die! Just a little while now, cousin, a little while. It's almost midnight. You'll die just before midnight. And then I'll turn on my machine. Set it to affect the whole world forever and time all over the world will snap back 24 hours. Everybody in the world will live December 31st over again and again, forever and ever. <laughs> you too, you. No, no. You'll visit me again. Drink the poison cherry again. Die again. Live again. Die again. Lovely New Year's Eve party I ever attended. Margot, you danced beautifully. <laughs> Thanks, Ramon. I wonder what's happened to you. He said he'd be late. Hold it, everybody. Here comes the New Year. with you, but it, it's not the party, the, the New Year's Eve party in your apartment. How could that be? I, I don't know, Margot. What, what was that awful crash? I don't know. But look around you, Margot. We're dancing in the Honolulu Club. 
But we were dancing in the Honolulu Club right here last night. Last night at midnight. I, I mean, 24 hours ago. Oh, I, I don't know what I mean. Keep dancing with me, Margo. I've got to figure this out. Seems like a dream. Yet... That's it, Lamont. It's a dream. I dreamed through the whole day, December 31st, right up to midnight. Then that crash, and I woke up here in the Honolulu Club. Margo, it wasn't a dream, I tell you. Then what was it, Lamont? I don't know. I don't know. But something's gone wrong, Margo. Something's gone wrong with the whole world. But everything seems all right, Lamont. Margo, hold on to me. Don't let go. Let's walk back to our table. All right, but I don't understand. Keep holding on to me. Margo, do you remember last night, just about this time as we were dancing, a waiter accidentally dropped a whole tray full of dishes? Why, yes, that's, that's so, Lamont. <laughs> Lamont, it's happened. He dropped it just as he did last night. Yes. I see it all now, Margot. We actually lived through December 31st. We, everybody, the whole world. But just as the last stroke of midnight came, something happened to time. Time? Yes. Time snapped back 24 hours. Instead of going on to January 1st, the world went back to the first moment of December 31st. But nobody else seems to realize what's happened. Yes, that is strange. Apparently, everybody's forgotten that they lived through the last day of the year. Why do we remember? Margot, I believe that the same power that makes me invisible to others has something to do with this. What do you mean, Lamont? Years ago in India, I was studying with the yogi priests. I developed my powers of concentration, my power of will, to such an extent that apparently this accident of time doesn't affect me. How long I'll be able to fight against it, I don't know. But I haven't your power, Lamont. Why do I remember, too? Margot? Because at the instant time flashed back, you happened to be dancing with me. You were in my arms, within the aura of my will, my influence. No. Just so long as you're touching me, you'll remember too. Oh, Lamont, I can't believe it. I can't. Well, then try it. Let go of me. Go on, let go, Margo. Well, all right. You're right, Lamont. You remember the Higgins, don't you? Margo. Yes, that's the family. Margo, well, they're very Margo, anxious that you and I go south Margo. of the uh, What am I saying? What happened? Oh, Lamont, you're holding me again. Margot, the instant you let go of me, you said exactly what you said 24 hours before. When I grabbed you, you snapped back, free of the new time spell. Then it's true. Oh, Lamont, I'm afraid. Don't let go of Steady, me. Steady, Margot. Oh, but it's horrible. People will go on living through December 31st to eternity, never knowing, never realizing. Lamont, there'll never be a new year. You're absolutely right. Unless this can be stopped. But how can anyone stop it? Nothing human could have caused a thing like this to happen. I'm not so sure, Margot. Hughes told me that a cousin of his, a brilliant scientist, claimed to have invented a time machine. That cousin of Hughes may be responsible for what's happened to time. But who is this man? Where does he live? Hughes didn't say. I'll have to find him some way. And when I do, Margot, it'll be as the shadow. Perhaps the shadow will be able to switch time back to normal. Bring the new year to a world doomed to live a day which never ends. In just a minute, the curtain rises on Act Two of The Shadow's Adventure. Meanwhile, a word to you motorists. Do you slow down passing a school? Do you pass other cars on a hill? Do you come to a full stop at street intersections? The shadow wonders. The terrific toll of deaths and injuries 
indicates that too many motorists fail to exercise caution, fail to consider the other fellow. Play safe. It pays. And motorists, here's one thing more. If you only realize the importance that safe tires, too, play in safe motoring, you wouldn't hesitate a minute to put the new Goodrich Safety Silver Towns with the Lifesaver Tread on your car. For remember, this new Silvertown is much more than a new tire. It's a new kind of tire safety. On the inside, it has the famous blowout protection of the Goodrich Golden Fly. And on the outside, it has the amazing new Lifesaver Tread. The tread that sweeps wet roads so dry, you can actually light a match on its track. Yes, sir, that's plenty dry. So it's hardly surprising that Silvertowns will give you the quickest non-skid stops you've ever had. Margo, keep holding on to me. I will, Lamont. We can walk. My apartment isn't far. Oh, why don't you let me come with you? No, Margo. This is the shadow's job. Maybe dangerous. I want you to be safe. Safe in a world gone mad? Oh. Don't watch yourself. The streets are slippery with ice. Here. Hold on to me more tightly. Oh. We'll cross here. Yes, Margot. And it'll happen all over again every 24 hours from now until doomsday. Oh, it's frightening. Think of that woman over and over. Unless I can put time back on its track, Margot. I must. I'm sorry. Oh, look at that poor man shivering in the doorway there. He hasn't even an overcoat. He looks hungry, poor devil. Margot, remember last night? In a moment, he'll step out of that doorway and ask me for a dime. Excuse me, mister. Could you give me a dime for a cup of coffee? I'm so cold, I'm freezing. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Mr. There's one thing I'm glad of, Lamont. He doesn't know. He doesn't know he's doomed to shiver and freeze and starve like that forever. And millions like him. Millions of unfortunate shivering and starving all over the world tonight. That machine. I must find that machine. Well, here we are, Margot. Don't bother to take me up. There's so much for you to do. So much, Lamont. The doorman will let me in. It's exactly the same time we got home last night. Good evening, Miss Lane. Bad night, ain't it? Hurry, Lamont. Find you this cousin. Since time's repeating himself. Well, I always say when you we... You will meet me in the afternoon at my club. Just as he met me yesterday. We'll talk as we talk then. Perhaps he'd be able to tell me... Lamont, what's the matter? You're so pale suddenly. It's funny. I felt weak just then. I... If my strength, the strength of my will were fading away, could it be that Imagine I do? You mustn't. You've got to be strong. The world needs your strength. Well, Let go of me, Mother. All right. You're draining my power. My strength away. Let go. The wind is very biting, Miss Lane. Yes, it is. Fred, will you take me up to my apartment? Please? Yes, sure, Miss Lane. Go on. Safe upstairs. Goodbye, Margot. Until tomorrow. Tomorrow, Heather comes. Mr. Craig, on behalf of 
all the employees of the club, I wish to thank you for your generous sure. New Year's gift to the Listen personnel. To Can't you hear? Don't you understand what I'm saying, saying to you? And may I thank you, too, Mr. Hughes, for your gift. You're Stuart. welcome, Stuart. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Stuart, stop. I wish I could have made it more, Cranston, but it hasn't been a terribly good year. For Hughes, me. let me take your hand. You're merely repeating what you said 24 hours ago. Fully, don't listen to me. Say she made full out of it. Who is your friend? That's why Who I'm is looking he? forward to New Year so eagerly. Hopeless. He's not attuned to my will. I'll have to follow him. Make him lead me to this cousin of his. Expect to the be out of debt very shortly. I must concentrate. My willpower seems to be failing. I must hold on until Hughes visits his cousin. Convinced Hughes? Can't be. It's impossible, Willard. It's a trick, a dream, a nightmare. You'll be saying that for all eternity. I'm getting out of here. How are you, cousin? Try to, if you can. I can't. I can't. I'm paralyzed. I can't get out of this chair. Hughes, you can. You You're not paralyzed. Now, yes. don't you? Yes, yes. horrible pain. Hughes, there is no pain. You shouldn't have drunk. Hughes, hear me. Your glass contains the slow poison. No, no, help, help. I have helped you, Hughes. You were not poisoned. I substituted this antidote for the poison of the glass of sherry Willard handed you. You're not poisoned, I tell you. Exert your will, refute it to mine. Try to get out of that chair. Blessed 
new year. That means new hope and happiness for the good and the innocent people of the world. While for you, it will bring what God decreed for you. Death. No. No, don't smash the machine. Give me one more day of life, just one, and I'll smash it myself. Not one hour, not one oh. minute, not one second. Don't let me die. Stop. based on a story copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. The Shadow Magazine is now on sale at your local newsstand. Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Aaron. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. And that was The Shadow and the episode, uh, The Man Who Murdered Time. Did I get that right? Yes. Oh, good. 1938, 
38. Bill Johnstone. Yep, his first year as the Shadow. You mentioned in the beginning of this the uh, the accolade, the uh, review of Johnstone as the definitive Shadow, and I couldn't agree more. I was nodding my head as we were doing the opening. Uh, I know I'm not alone, but man, he was the best Shadow, and he proved it again in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just, his, his, as an actor, he's, he's just perfect for this role. He's yeah. absolutely wonderful. Uh, great episode, a lot of fun. I've heard this one. This is my eight millionth time listening <laughs> yeah. to this one. Uh, it's a classic. Uh, have you ever heard this one before, Tim? No, this and the gibbering things are the only two episodes of The Shadow I've heard. Wow, that is awesome, awesome, awesome. Which makes me think The Shadow is an insane series, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because we picked. Well, Joshua has picked two shadows now. Yep, and he's picked two of the more out there ones yeah. like they they don't do that a lot with these there's a lot more fighting crooks yeah corrupt mm-hmm. politicians does right. not seem like <laughs> but business as usual in this shadow yeah I, I do like the really pulpy ones that just embrace you will not the weirdness be, yeah and but you wouldn't be disappointed if you just picked a random shadow i, I they're all mm-hmm. pretty well written especially the yeah. johnstone era well, let's start with the the man who picked it joshua uh initial thoughts of how, what you think of this episode where does it go back for you oh. first time listening to well it? when i was maybe in junior high i heard right. it and i i thought it was really cool because it ha- happened on new year's eve and it had time travel in it and again i hadn't heard another shadow like this and for many many years up through early college it was a regular tradition where i listened to this on um, new year's yep on new year's eve usually with my brother or my girlfriend later on and so it, it was a lot of fun to revisit it i haven't in a long time yeah. um yeah some great moments i love that it's time travel and uh, they they have this this great speech from the shadow who seems to acknowledge that this is a little out there for the shadow and he has this speech about you know is anything really fantastic in the modern world right? of science he's basically <laughs> saying you know hey years ago this radio that you're listening to that'd be fantastic so stop complaining about time we're just going to do time travel and it's okay all right yeah. get on board the shadow train it's basically right, this is going to happen yeah. within 10 years we're going to be time traveling <laughs> come on all right are we all on board let's go yeah it, it's I very much it. put in there for that reason <laughs> So that it can have, be grounded in the reality mm-hmm. of what the shadow, and we don't she, have to look too closely at the time machine. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then his, <laughs> right. the probability and the physics. And, <laughs> yes, yeah, and and then the guy's response for years baffled me because I first heard it when I was young when he says, "Well, I'm, I'm from, from Missouri. Missouri," and when I was young, <laughs> I had no, that became between my brother and and myself this sort of quintessential non sequitur in our mind. We used to say, "Well, I'm from Missouri," and we right. just thought it was the weirdest thing ever. And it wasn't until like I was in college that someone said, "Well, it's the Show Me State," and I was like, "What?" Oh, I get that episode of The Shadow. <laughs> that was Finally. My, that was my first note I wrote down. Well, I'm from Missouri. Well, I love it. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I was probably the only person under the age of 80 who was in the theater watching Groundhog's Day 2 and went, they stole that from The Shadow. <laughs> or knew what it meant. Yes. They still use that phrase in uh, Missouri a lot. Yep. Oh, yeah. I had to explain to my daughter also. Yeah. Like, Missouri? What? Yeah, Missouri. <laughs> See, there's another. The state. Uh, apologies to everybody in Missouri. Uh, so I'm sure you are full of things you want to tell us about this episode. Well, I, I do like how it's structured. I like how in, yeah. the, in the first, essentially like about four minutes of the show, everything that's going to happen is set up. 
the bad year he's been having, they set up this sense of hope for the new year, which I think is really thematically crucial because that's why he's so bad. Mm-hmm. He's stopping this new year, which really symbolizes hope. Mm-hmm. And so it's really a more positive episode of the shadow than usual. Shadow usually embraces a certain level of sadism, even in the episodes where everything ends really well. But uh, here it's just like the the reason it's so evil to stop the new year from happening is because the sense of hope and promise. Um, And and I really like that. And they set up the clock, the ticking clock Mm -hmm. in that first four minutes. Like, Oh, and it's almost new year's. And that's all the different devices they're going to use throughout. Groundhog's day Mm -hmm. with, out the ability to change your day. There was uh, the the Groundhog Day comparison was obviously jumped to mind, but it was interesting that in the film it was just sort of assumed it's the one guy who's experiencing it over and over again, and yes. the shadow just assumes like it's them. I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love strength of his will. Yeah, but you know what I loved? Mm. One of the the devices I loved is that by touching him. You were brought into the reality, and by when he lets go of Margot, and she just, just drops saying, into the groove, drops right yeah. into the, what she was saying at that point, and then she he grabs her again. I loved that. I yeah. thought that was really cool and really well written and fun to listen to. It was I a really that device. It, it was entertaining, and it was also really clearly described. These are the rules of this time travel. If you're not the shadow, you are lockstep into what you did before. Yeah. Okay, this is gonna sound stupid, but I the, the plausible it's plausible because he's the shadow that he is not affected by this. Mm-hmm. You know, because of what we've set up is yeah. who he is. It's I'm fine with the fact that he's the only one. <laughs> oh, somewhere in him, India, the yogi priests who taught him this. Right? <laughs> yeah. going, they're, What's they're going, going on? <laughs> <laughs> what time difference probably makes no sense to them. Yeah. What's everybody doing the same thing over? What is everybody doing the same <laughs> yes. thing over and over again for? Um, here's something about. The idea of uh, the Groundhog's Day phenomenon, that storyline, living the same day over and over and over again, that I and the also the that that you would go and oh well then I'm going to kill everybody that I why not I they'll be alive again mm-hmm. and and I'm gonna go and Bill Murray in that movie I I know we keep bringing that up but he, there's a little bit of that in that story where yeah. he's like well I'm going to go do a bunch of crazy stuff until Yeah, but in that movie he has to figure out what's happening. In this right. movie in this version, version he's right. planning it. So right. he's already he's planned out the murder. He's borrowed a bunch of money. I don't know who lends the terminally ill guy tons of money, but <laughs> <laughs> well, he buys $2 cigars. <laughs> Whoa. Right. The other thing um I don't know how to put this n- Nicely. All right. So I'm <laughs> no. always shocked that in our world that there aren't more people who are diagnosed terminally ill going on murdering sprees. D- you know, like if you you have six <laughs> months to live, well, I'm going to go get all the people I don't like. Wow. I hope you it. die suddenly, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think I wouldn't do it? I'm not. The, but don't you think there'd be more people that... But it never happens. You never, maybe it has, well, but you I, never hear about it. I suppose that when you get that six-month notice, you have your option of sprees. You could go on killing spree. You could travel the world. Yes. You're overwhelmed. <laughs> no, no, listen, I agree that a lot, but we never hear of the terminally ill person that went, well, I'm going to choose this one. You would just think what happened more often, like every now and then. 
Like, you're terminally ill. Well, <laughs> goodbye every boss I ever had. I think, or... but it's only in fiction that terminally ill people feel great and are at, like, full maximum strength, and they get a month to live where they're going to, like, feel great, not be in the hospital, and just, you know, the clock's going to tick at the end of that one month or six months, and they're going to drop dead. Most people, I think, are dying very slowly yeah. over those last. And you think they could still have their minions go kill people? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the guy from Saw. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly what I was about to say. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I just am always shocked. No, like, I would think that one out of every six thousand people who are terminally ill would go. Well, I'm gonna go uh, get a bunch of people. Well, that let's I don't find like. six thousand terminally ill people and see, see which one. I, so, I, so you're you saying that you're in the news that way. You're surprised like more Make a Wish kids don't go for assassination. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm saying that. All right. I, I, uh, I feel dumb about bringing that up now. No, a, a little bit of a subject change. I thought, it was, I thought it was very sweet that exactly 24 hours apart that Margot and Lamont were dancing. He is truly a yes. man about town. It's like 24 hours later. Previously, yeah. he's at the Honolulu Club. And it's like, wow. Right. Yeah, he's a, he is a gadabout. <laughs> a gadfly? What, what is the man about town? Yeah. That's who he's described as. Um, and and I, I do like the player that he is. He's like, don't stop touching me, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> Honest. <laughs> You're really going to regret it. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I, I'm remembering everything. Don't stop! <laughs> um, I love, uh, I bring up Foley a lot in our podcast. Uh it's a huge part of these old time radio shows for me, and I loved the sound of the time machine. Me too. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a cool choice of different weird things that I could see the machine, and I thought that was really well done. I and I love how quickly the shadow figures everything out, and I mean, and I think it works well because again, he's that in, infallible hero. Um, you know, the the waiter drops the plate. And he's on it. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, we're repeating time again, obviously, because um, that happened before. I remember that. And he quickly figures out, well, I'm just going to follow uh, Hughes to Willard's house because he mm -hmm. twigs that conversation about a time machine. And right. I mean, I, it's really satisfying because the clues are actually laid out uh, earlier in the story. And he, he, the pacing of it. And it makes sense. If you figure that out, you're going to follow him over there. You're going to Thank God Lamont Cranston talked to that guy just <laughs> the day before about the time machine. Otherwise, it would have taken him a lot longer to figure out what was going on. But it was also interesting, the, the various steps of, like, I can't actually get the information of where he's going from him because mm -hmm. oh, yeah. he didn't tell me the first time around. So I just got to follow him. Yeah, it does adhere to its own rules that it sets up very rather deftly at, in the opening. And apparently he wasn't willing to hold his hand or something. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't going to take him out dancing. <laughs> I love the moment when he becomes the shadow, which, all right, here we go. There's really no reason for it, but he becomes the shadow. And the guy that drinks the poison... And he's talking to him. Break out! Break out! You're not. I. I, I didn't. You didn't actually drink the poison this time. Uh, and you hear the same dialogue from before going on in yeah, the background yeah, between yeah. the two of them. Whether it was pre-recorded and they played it again or not, it was just a cool effect that yeah. he's talking as the shadow through that, and then finally the breakout of that uh, of that guy to hear it and say, "Oh, someone's talking to me." I love that whole scene. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, by the way, that scene also has this fantastic line. 
devilish time machine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. The Shadow is enjoying uh, his own words at the end. Cause devilish I lo- time machine. And, and, and while there's this happy ending, because you know, New Year's is hopeful, you want to bring hope to everyone, the Shadow is still uh, really laying on thick at the end uh, where he, oh, yeah. he says, and, uh, uh, what, you thought to condemn the rest of the world to cold, dark, and suffering, and so will come what you thought to destroy forever, the new year, the blessed new year. That means new hope and happiness for the good and innocent people of the world. Well, for you, it will bring what God decreed for you, death. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that balance of like hopefulness and die scum. Yes. <laughs> like, well, I'm sorry I did this. I just want to live a little bit longer. Like, not one second. <laughs> I, okay, two things. One, I love how the shadow, as an improviser, has just always the right thing to say oh, in yeah, those moments. Awesome. And it's so flowery and such great language. And oh, like, yeah. I'm struggling to explain <laughs> that. And I'm struggling to think of the shadow playing Zip Zap Zop. <laughs> I think he's written. Can someone just... give the shadow a language, please? <laughs> Something you would buy on Christmas. Um, I also, but you brought up the guy that was dying. I feel bad for him at the end. Like he's dying and he's begging for just don't do this and. I ended up feeling bad for him. And the, the shadow guy who built get... the time machine? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was with the shadow. Yeah. Really? He poisoned the guy. Yeah. It was a he built a time machine he, specifically he... to kill this guy over, over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and he, he set the antidote yeah. just he... out of his reach, right. Eric. But, but he felt bad. He, he, felt got, bad. he felt bad when he got stopped. Yeah, Look, he again. was terminally ill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope you get hit by a bus, Eric. I'm really scared of you right now. <laughs> Well, uh, anything else that you want to bring our attention to about this, Joshua? I just really love all of it. I also love that the shadow actually comes in on the Goodrich Safety Silvertown tires and actually says, <laughs> play it safe, it pays. <laughs> Shadow's actually, buy these tires or die. <laughs> Threatening death to a lot of people in this one. I think it goes without saying Joshua thinks this stands the test of time and it's classic. I, I might be biased because uh, it, it's so part of uh, my childhood. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. it probably is dated to some degree, but I think the story, especially time travel and how, how popular that it is still today, I think that element of the story uh, really brings it a little forward in time and is more relatable. Uh, I love how it's crafted. I love the story. I love everything about this. And I also believe it stands the test of time. And I think it's a little suspenseful and scary and got that evil factor and all of it. Uh, but since we may be jaded from our childhood or be, having listened this long time, Tim, what as you a new person to this episode did you feel about well, it? Well, uh, two things. Uh, it feels even more relevant this year than it might have had we listened to this last year because 2016 has been described by so many people as this terrible, horrible year that has killed so many people, had so many terrible things happen, Mm -hmm. uh, and we are just desperately waiting for this year to be over in the assumption that that will somehow make it better. Um, But that mood is certainly permeating a lot of folks around these days, and Mm -hmm. it seemed very much in the spirit of this episode that happened nearly 80 years prior wow also i i know you guys love the shadow so much but i'm now kind of <laughs> afraid to listen to anymore because in <laughs> my mind high. yeah in my mind it's like just years of 
craziness, just years <laughs> of extremely weird, bizarre villains and situations that I, I want to live in that world. Uh, but the episode, to be on, actually respond to the question, I think, uh, yes, it is, it is both timeless and extremely relevant right now. I, I would say, though, that there, you will enjoy The Shadow. <laughs> There's a lot of weird moments. If not weird stories. All right. Well, yeah, he's like an invisible guy who just chuckles right. in the corner. <laughs> right. That's exactly. It. Even the most mundane stories, it's still fun. <laughs> right. Well, we all loved it, and we hope you loved it, and we we adore that episode. That's what we've decided. All right. So, uh, if you would go on our website, which is ghoulishdelights.com. I, I uh, Tim, say it again. Ghoulishdelights.com. It's Tim's website. Uh, Tim, there they can vote on stuff. Yeah, we have polls. Every each episode, you can say, like, I thought this also was a classic timeless episode, or you can say, this is terrible, or something in between. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, you can... Write a review. Write us some reviews. We've had some great audience reviews, and we appreciate those. Um, if you haven't uh, written a review, uh, I mean, please pull your weight. Write one. Today. <laughs> and the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society is going to be appearing live on stage doing recreations of old-time radio shows at the James J. Hill Library starting in January in St. Paul, Minnesota. If you're in that area, please go to ghoulishdelights.com to find out more. In fact, in January here, our first ones will be an episode of Suspense. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, House in Cypress Canyon. And an episode of The Shadow. We are doing the gibbering things. Yes. Uh, and we'll be doing those live again at the James Hill Library with two other phenomenal actors, Shannon Custer and Joe Wiseman. Again, you have to go to... Ghoulishdelights.com. And there you'll find all the information on that. So, Tim, you got the next episode. What happens? Uh, this is going to sound like a made-up name, but we are going to be listening to The Strange Judgment from the series The Weird Circle. <laughs> You made that up. (laughs) Yes. Well, we'll look forward to that. Until next time. Look out!